We're back. <laughs> Bonjour, Eric. Damn, you silly motherfuckers thought that we were playing. Stupid. We're back. That's a fucking fact. No, don't don't get me all fucked up now. <laughs> don't don't get me all fucked up now, Ty. Is this a Drake bit? What's going on here? Um, really yes, know. we are back. My co-host Eric, I'm Ty, your main host. Uh, Eric is back from Paris. He didn't OD in Paris. He didn't OD in France. Baby Keem voice. So he's back mm-hmm. to tell the tale. That's uh, right. It's it's been a crazy, just like crazy bread two weeks. You know, like. You came back. Eric and I <laughs> immediately went to Subway when he got back. We have more on that later in the episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, Eric, I want to hear about. I want to hear about your trip. I want to hear about. Uh, <sighs> are you cultured now? I'm cultured. That's right. Uh, you know, back from Paris last weekend. Ty, um, <laughs> we tried to record on Tuesday, but because <laughs> we we linked in person on Tuesday for a nice little little. 24 cumulative inches and Mm -hmm, uh, a little catch-up session but you know just the recording wasn't happening we weren't feeling the vibes in the room Mm -hmm. um but but yeah ty you're right i was in uh la marae for like six days and went back um and yeah i don't know ty what what do you else do you want to (laughs) know well i have so many questions so uh did did you wine and dine parisian style Mm-hmm. I wine and dine in 69 my way through Paris, France. <laughs> cool. From um, from St. Germain to the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. He was strolling about. He was lime scootering or were you taking the metro? It's only uber black for me, Ty. I, I'm actually kind of cheesed that you even... I'm, I'm actually kind of from Mars <laughs> right now that you uh, <laughs> that you would think I would use something uh, like a call a lime scooter. What do I look like to you? A fucking 14 year old uh, pussy? You generally look like a TikToker, Eric. So I don't know why you would think otherwise. Eric's got the most uh, busted haircut. He looks like <laughs> the Gen Z meme himself. Uh, your haircut is mid for real. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's so fucking mid, dude. Mine's bussin' bussin'. Um, but you're right. For you real. know, TikTok does pay me quite well, so I'm able to afford the Uber Blacks, and mm-hmm. um, obviously that's what we took from the airport, uh, both ways. And yeah, I'm I just do it for the content, really. For sure, um, for sure. Ty, I gotta bring you back to like the first kind of moment my vacation started, which uh, started actually at YVR Airport, and. As soon as I entered the lineup for the YBR subway, that's when my vacation started. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm always on vacation mode the minute I walk into <laughs> a subway. Mm-hmm. I'm liberated from all my worldly concerns because subway is a whole new reality of concerns. <laughs> I know all the concerns at subway are like so fluffy and you know cushy. Like it's like what bread? It's like it doesn't matter what you pick; they're all good. It- Totally. It's just like on vacation where you're like relieved from your day-to-day problems and you have to deal with the made-up vacation problems, which is like, <laughs> I think I put too much on my plate at the lunch buffet or mm-hmm. where, what, what museum should we go to today? Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, sparkling or still. <laughs> that one always gets me. You know why? Because they never tell you if sparkling is going to be a extra charge 
or if it's mm-hmm. on, on the house. What I really want to know is, is the still an extra charge? Because if I'm paying for both, I might yes, as well pay actually. for some bubbles. Really nice point, Eric. That is absolute trash. <laughs> when I get the bill and there's a line item for flat water, yeah. oh man, I'm, I'm a punch a server. I know. It's actually a big slap in the face, especially if you like sit down at a restaurant, get some water, and then like decide to leave. <laughs> and then they mm-hmm. charge you like 24 euros for the bottle of Evian that they just dropped on the table. Mm-hmm. These sons yeah, of they, bitches, man. They really uh, win that situation. But why are, why are you dining and dashing, Eric? Or, <laughs> uh... Uh, <laughs> a lot of dining and dashing occurred in my life, but not on, not on this trip. It's okay. Don't worry. Um, we should try to dine and dash at Subway. <laughs> that would be like a really <laughs> funny thing because they would like put the sandwich like kind of like in the on the counter like in front of you, and then you just grab it and run. <laughs> yeah, at that point it's you're like, just straight uh, up shoplifting essentially. Yeah, yeah, because you not only did you like you know spend like 15 minutes making the sandwich, getting like 15 minutes of recorded footage of you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like they they and... learn your height, your voice, what, exactly what your face looks like. Yeah. They have enough content on you to like deep fake you, and you just like committed a crime. But, um, anyways, Subway in YVR is awesome because they say bonjour, and you get a chance to practice your French. Mm-hmm. Um, and get this tie. They were like really enthusiastic on this one. They were so enthusiastic that they put the wrong sauce on my sandwich. Oh really? Did they yeah. are, are they colorblind? What happened? Are are they illiterate, or just a bad listener? <laughs> wow, those are a lot of questions at once. Um, well, let's just say I ordered Southwest, and then she proceeds to pick up the peppercorn ranch, <laughs> and then like <laughs> lays down a fat line across my sandwich, and oh, then is sure. like so sad after she's like, oh. <laughs> so so it turns out she can't read, but she she's not colorblind. She can't read because. Soon she did that, she was like immediately like in shook and shake, shaken up, Ty, mm-hmm. in shock, and um, was like really apologetic. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. Just run it back. <laughs> I was like, I'll oh, get shit. another one. And then she just ran it back with the Southwest sauce, and that was pretty oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Damn, an in, uh, an inverted second sauce. I like that mm-hmm. kind of idiosyncrasy because that's how you discover new flavors, like. Do you think that gravity was discovered on purpose? No. An apple fell from the tree, Eric. Serendipity. <laughs> wow. Honestly, mm. beautiful point. Um, but what is the similarity between uh, peppercorn ranch and Southwest sauce that causes such a mix-up? Is it because the, they are completely different looking sauces and the only uh, verbiage they share is like the number of syllables. I mean, you're probably right. Um, I really don't know, Ty. I think this person had a blank moment. Um, don't know. I really couldn't tell you. Perhaps because of uh, their uh, word blind to the term Southwest, because of all of the Southwest <laughs> airline announcements throughout the terminal, mm. that they eventually stop hearing that. Wow. Wow. And so when I ordered, I guess nothing came out to them. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I'll get the... And then they were like, uh, and just grabbed any sauce that caught their eye. 
it actually makes perfect sense. They were had to resort to lip reading, Eric, and Peppercorn Ranch has a similar number of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm, wow. I'm actually really impressed that you figured that out. The crack of, crap out of your salami there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I Sauce ate locked. the sandwich immediately. Sauce locked. <laughs> it's a real sauce up. Yeah, um, it's a sauce up. Sauce and mixed up. Um, but yeah, ate the sandwich immediately. I didn't bother bringing it on the plane this time because I didn't want to like eat on the plane because I really wanted to sample the French cuisine immediately. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I flew uh, Air France and honestly, the food was like really good. I had like a mm-hmm. chicken and like mashed potato situation. They had a cheese pasta and they like gave like like even more cheese and bread and butter than other flights, which was like a nice touch. Instead of one little plastic cup, you get two little plastic cups of butter. Yeah, exactly. It was like wow. a like a wrapped version, so it was like quite quite big. Ty, it's incredible <laughs> that you can like eat mashed potatoes at thirty thousand feet. You can really eat anything at thirty thousand feet. That's true. Last time I was um, in the air, I was just like catching up on a little bit of work on my MacBook Pro and. I like look out the window and I'm above a cloud and there's a surreal moment of like, you can do anything above a cloud and it feels instantly cooler, even if it's the like mundane act of scrolling mm-hmm. through emails. Mm-hmm. Even when you're seated in row 42, mm-hmm. middle aisle, um, <laughs> and the, the tray table is like wobbly and, and mm-hmm. like your screen is like broken, you can't use it. And, mm-hmm. uh, the person behind you is like farting loudly mm-hmm. still much cooler <laughs> than working in person at the office right <laughs> <coughs> yeah totally dude uh they always are farting or sneezing like my biggest qualm with airlines <laughs> is that no one else can hold in their bodily fluids and and like get gases something about thirty thousand feet just like brings out the gases in people i think it makes a lot of sense like you know when you uh like, say you bring, like, an illegal water bottle on board and uh, you, like, crack it open at 30,000 feet. It lets out, like, more air than usual. Because yeah, a little of the air pressure squeal. Yeah. yeah. I think that's got to be the same thing in your stomach. Like, much like when a foot long is touched down in your stomach, like, mm-hmm. there's a built-up air pressure in there. So once you're up in the skies, it's, like, it's got to be harder to hold that thing in, you know? Oh, yeah, bro. Like, I'm sure that my stomach has, like, permanent skid marks on the inside from that footlong touching down. That's disgusting, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, Air France's solution to this, like, gaseous problem is to shove, like, mashed potatoes and fromage pasta down their patrons' throats. <laughs> like, you just, like, carby mm-hmm. shit to, like, suffocate the gas. Mm-hmm. I think so. It's kind of like jumping on a grenade. Mm-hmm. It's smart. Actually, that's pretty mm-hmm. smart. It's like that's that's the like when you make a transfer when you touch down in Charles de Gaulle and you make your transfer to the next flight. That's that airline's problem. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, but we did have like amazing seats. Um, you know, I was able to like, as soon as check-in opened up, I was able to go in, change my seat selection. And mm-hmm. uh, we picked the first row of economy, mm-hmm. which like had like tons of leg room, and it was nice. the only row with uh, two seats on each side instead of three. Hell yeah, dude! You're like it's so, like the 
airplane equivalent of having the nicest house on like a poor block Mm -hmm. absolutely or like in a gentrified neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like a satellite office for business class but like situated in the uh heart of economy (laughs) Mm -hmm. wow it's kind of awesome we work of of economy class Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i was able to just like you know put my feet up against the wall i always like gotten like grossed out by people who put their feet up on flights like up against like the wall of the plane Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but now i realize like once you're like in the position of power like you're just gonna take advantage of that anyway like it's a 10-hour flight like i have to put my feet up man come on Dude, you know the stewardess is writing down your passport number for doing that. Like, she has to sanitize that entire wall afterwards because of your like scrubby toes. Mm-hmm. Your foot, there's a foot long footprint on the on the side of the seven fifty seven. Well, inside the seven seven seven, Kai, there was a New Balance five fifty footprint because I didn't take my shoes off. I would never do something like that. What the hell, bro, dude? No, you don't know how to fly then. Listen, Dude, I take my take shoes, your shoes off, off on a plane. It's disgusting behavior. That is for <laughs> that is for row thirty and and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> the stinky zone. <laughs> that's the stinky farting zone because that's you know you're close to the <laughs> stinky poo poo. You're, you're, you're beside true. the washroom. You're barefoot. That's just that's nasty shit, bro. I would never do something like that. The you know the the tabby boots they stay on. Yeah, no, I get I get that. There's definitely like. You could probably map the gradient from pilot side to bathroom side of the aircraft. And it's Mm -hmm. probably a perfect spectrum of likelihood of you taking your shoes off. Pilot, 100% on. Person in row 62D is like definitely off. They didn't even bring shoes on the... They they had no problem (laughs) getting through security. They're like, don't forget to take your shoes off. And they said, I didn't bring any. Yeah, they just skipped (laughs) on through. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's Um, an airport... TSA hack right there for you. Just don't bring them. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of like a bell curve tie. Like, I think the people in first class, they're they're at the lay flat. You know, they got their shoes off immediately before anyone else even boards, and mm-hmm. they're like laying flat in their queen size bed, ready to take off. And then slowly, mm-hmm. as you kind of go into business class, you got people with their shoes coming back on, right? And then you got the beginning of premium economy and economy, where it's mm-hmm. like we still have to like dress like we don't belong in economy mm-hmm. <laughs> like we have to like kind of present not poor even though we are mm-hmm. you're the new bourgeoisie just, like yeah exactly we're the middle class and then it kind of just like goes downhill from there the closer you get to the uh galley <laughs> the galley yeah but, yeah the more likely you're going to encounter like a dog off leash <laughs> on the plane <laughs> yeah or like a, or like an emotional support rooster or something <laughs> damn yeah, the worst part about being in the back of the plane is you don't get your meal choice. Like, you're not getting the mashed potatoes at all because they're going to run out three three or four rows before they hit you. Yeah, exactly. You're getting the halal, like, falafel offering, maybe, if you're lucky. And this is, like, what I really appreciate about the economy class subway, Eric, is that it doesn't matter how long the lunch rush line is. If they run out of the tomato bucket, they always have one on retainer. It's just like mm-hmm. a quick swap. It's like when the uh, and the swap is always a really interesting moment because they almost like call it and then like gloves go up and then one of the artists <laughs> like carefully, almost surgically removes the bucket from the bin, takes it to the back and then brings another one. Like when 
those security companies remove money from a business or a bank to like transport it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, and then like there's a Brinks truck outside filled with vegetables. I bet Subway gets their tomatoes and black olives delivered in a in a Brinks armored vehicle. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Um but I, I gotta tell you about the best moment or best thing about this Air France flight. Open bar. No. Damn. Dude, in the middle of the plane, they had literally a, a snack tray, like just like just there. And like every beverage that they offer, like wine, um, like some champagne bottles, uh, like juices, Coca-Cola, everything was just like right there. Um, cookies, crackers, uh, granola bars, like all of that stuff. And you can there and like help yourself and it was the by far the best food experience i've ever had on any flight wow were you allowed to just touch the food yourself oh yeah dude covid does not exist in france we were just like everyone's like touching the bottles like unscrewing it like pouring themselves up a glass like leaving it open <laughs> like doesn't matter no you didn't have to wear a clear plastic glove i would never wow yeah, dude, it was the best. In france I mean, like, yeah. it's international airways, so, like, it's not like there's any laws. Yeah, there's zero COVID cases in the international skies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Google it. He's not wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Ty, it, it was great. Um, there was, like, a bunch of people just hanging out there. Like, you could go there and, and like, meet people. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a WeWork situation. Like, you just go and, Hell like, yeah. socialize, grab a granola bar, maybe head to your seats, stick around if you want, you know take a peek out the window it was mm-hmm. awesome so you use this as an opportunity to practice your broken french no way dude i would never talk to a stranger <laughs> and did it like whenever i think of like an open bar style like meat and veggie selection mm-hmm. you know my mind immediately goes to the old way so were there any similarities <laughs> you immediately uh uh noticed um i mean the similarities were that I practiced, you know, uh, maximalism, like tried everything for no reason. Like I was like, okay, let me get like every single type of snack. Like I'm going to bring like three of each back to my seat. Um, I'm going to like chug a glass of like ginger ale and then immediately Mm -hmm. refill it and then bring that back to my seat. Um, They got the ale on tap or are you like cracking cans? They got the two liter. Oh, well, that's a, yeah. I guess ergonomic. Mm-hmm. Economic. I even grabbed like a, I even grabbed the full one liter of water and just took it back to my seat. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. What what French water brand are they are they sporting on Air France? I wish I knew. It's not Evian. It's something else. Interesting. Cool. Well, that yeah. sounds like a wonderful flight experience, Eric. We really double clicked into that, and I'm grateful that we did. I will. I will definitely choose that over uh, Crooked Air Canada on my next flight to Europe. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, so I want to hear Canada. more about, like, your e- Parisian dining experiences in Paris. Like, do you have a, like, Eurodivergent <laughs> appetite now? <laughs> I've always had a Eurodivergent appetite, Ty. You know that about me. Um, I think, like, I mean, I can walk through, like, every single thing we did, um, but... I'll just, like, start by summarizing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hit me with and the signature meats. 
Yeah, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you in a sec. But I think in summary, I've learned that it's better to when you're on vacation at least to go to like a nice restaurant, order like one or two things, get a drink, and then keep it moving to the next spot. Like, mm-hmm. like get a little appy, couple appies with bay, couple glasses of wine, go to like maybe one more like fancier spot, mm-hmm. and after that hit up like the burger spot. Mm -hmm. nice way to try like a lot of stuff and not spend too much and still like get the thing that's going to satisfy you at the end for real for real on god my guy i do the same thing when i travel with bay it's all about maximizing number of businesses patrons (laughs) in order and if you do it right you almost frequent enough businesses for to be the equivalent of two or three trips for a normie and that's really exciting because then you become an expert in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Getting to experience like uh, both high and low dining in like the same evening mm-hmm. is a great way to like figure out like what you actually like, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You open up all your senses that way too in the high dining mm-hmm. experience. You're really concerned with mm-hmm. the, your palate. In the low dining experience, you're really concerned with like whether your phone's getting stolen or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, you could apply the same methodology to subway exploration, assuming that there is nuanced differences between franchises. You could start a foot long at one location, have it mm-hmm. toasted, take it to the next location for meat application, Ooh. then to the next for <laughs> veggies, and round it out with the sauces. That would be pretty cool to see. You could, you could eat at four different subways in one afternoon mm-hmm. and still be hungry for dinner. Mm-hmm. imagine like you know similar to the paris museum passport uh you could have a subway sub passport they use like wow. it's just the bread and like that grants you access to veggies <laughs> in multiple <laughs> locations usually <laughs> when people say like subway card that you're talking about like fa- like rapid transit but this subway card <laughs> is way more special mm-hmm. absolutely i'm pulling the subway card next stop mm-hmm. wow yeah. I did actually use the wrestling gift card at our IRL activation on Tuesday. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I didn't realize you were tapping your GC. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I was... Before I uh, maxed out the green card, I maxed out the Amex afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my rocket is skint as well. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed, uh, Ty, at restaurants in Paris is they, obviously, they don't get tips there, so they're going to try to upsell you on every possible thing on the menu. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you make it known immediately that you don't intend to spend your entire evening there, like they're going to be like visibly disappointed <laughs> and also like kind of mad. Like they're, they, they're going to push you like the entire night to like get one more thing. And if you say like, Oh no, thanks. We, we're not that hungry. They're just going to look at you and be like these fucking American assholes. They're going to be so <laughs> choked. Like, uh, we, I think they overheard us. We were like talking about where to eat after, <laughs> and they're just like, "Man, these guys are so fucked up." And they came over and we're like, "Okay, so what mains do you want?" And they were like, "Keep asking that." And we're like, "We don't want anything, bro. We already ate." Damn. So what you're saying is your tour de France uh, strategy <laughs> is actually a bit like contradictory. To, you're gentrifying Parisian mm-hmm. culture by doing that. Mm-hmm. We were super spreading in France, and they weren't having it. No, 
but they weren't having it for economic reasons, not for uh, health, like general health. Yeah, they're they're money driven in that in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Because yeah, like uh, I mean, we like went to this first place and we were we ordered a glass of wine and then we ordered some appetizers and then we were like trying to call it right there and he's like oh uh well you know what to be honest i want to recommend you a wine but i need to know what like main you're having mm. like what's what's the main course and then we're like well i don't think we're gonna have a main course we just want a little bite and then uh first of all things like that like when you say things like just a bite they don't understand that in french <laughs> no that doesn't mean anything but, yeah they're like what is this like american slang you're using like they don't get that um <laughs> yeah and so you know, of course, uh, I just like have to argue with the server. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. care what, what the chef wants. Give me this wine. You know what I mean? And then yeah. uh, they bring the wine and they're like, okay, so what are you having? I'm like, nothing, dude. I already told you. And uh, it's just like a lot of back and forth. And, and uh, you know, they don't really take tips. It's not a cultural norm there, but they will still ask. And you're just like, you have to be like really hard on them. You'd be like, no. <laughs> They'll ask you for a tip? But yeah, um, they, they'll play dumb. Like, this is a different restaurant we're talking about now, but they'll play a little bit dumb and be like, oh, uh, the machine is asking uh, if you'd like me to uh, include a tip. Do you want to do it? Or should I type it in for you? And they're trying to be, like, nice about it. And then you have to tell them straight to their face, like, put zero. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a flashback every time the sandwich artist put, puts a little tip thing in my, in my Visa machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly interesting so mm-hmm. oh, that's really challenging Eric I, I think that creates a really healthy tension between patron and server that uh, adds a mm-hmm. like kind of like a fun texture to the dining experience because you're kind of <laughs> always on edge about being upcharged mm-hmm. it's like when they're Absolutely. like do you want guac and you're like oh shit do I want guac mm-hmm. Speaking chips, of or cookies, chips or cookies chips or cookies Chips or cookies, yeah. Eric? <laughs> <laughs> no chip, no, no chip, please. No chip, buddy, for this, buddy. <laughs> um, the chip or the tip. No, no tip for you, buddy. Um, but listen, Ty, speaking of being upcharged, I heard this little uh, French life hack. Um, if you are an English only patron and you're looking at the English only menu, there is mm-hmm. a chance that the English menu has a different price on it than the French menu. Oh, they would do that, wouldn't they? It's like they when you order that. Uber Eats and then it's $2 more than the actual restaurant. Yeah, I know. They, like, charge you a fee and then, like, on the menu, the item itself, like, the fucking Jappa dog is charging you a dollar more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, apparently if you, like, compare both menus, there's there's a small chance that the French menu will be a little bit cheaper than the English menu. So did you uh, eat, eat the extra cost or did you quickly learn French to navigate the proper dining menu? Dude, of course I eat the extra cost. I don't care. Hell yeah, I love Dude, I'm on vacation. <laughs> I was like, give me the most expensive menu you have. <laughs> Do you have anything signature. more expensive than this? Signature meats only, baby. Hell yeah, dude. I was like, I'll eat any extra cost. I'm hungry tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm here to eat after all. <laughs> Just a bite, baby. Just a bite. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ty, it was, a, it was a pleasant dining experience. I honestly think that France 
and like Paris in particular has the best food in the world. I think it's the best food city on planet Earth. I mean, that's why Michelin stars come from Paris. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's no coincidence it's a French tire company. <laughs> that's true, Michelin. Michelin. Um, and I've been to Philadelphia, Ty. <laughs> and that's where the sandwiches are popping off. But uh, Paris doesn't really do sandwiches. They do crepes. They do paninis. They do all these like subtle takes on the sandwich. Like the Parisian palate is really all about subtlety. So like heavy hitting flavors like the Southwest sauce or even the jalapenos with those thick cuts aren't really going to satisfy the typical Parisian palate the same way it would an American. So did you visit any subways while you were there did you do they exist like have they been able to break into this market well when i think about bread uh thai (laughs) as one does and i think about uh subway and i think about france they actually go together quite perfectly like think about the baguette it's the the same shape as a footlong it's the original footlong if anything subway is more French than it is Italian. Simply because of the shape of the meal. But like a spaghetti noodle is also very long and thin. So <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you respond wow. to that, Eric? I choose to have no comment. <laughs> You're right. I did run into a couple of subways. There's one prominently located in front of uh, Notre Dame. Uh, just across the bridge. Oh, are you cracking a hail right in my face like that? I'm cracking a Stanley Park Brewing Sunset Pineapple <laughs> Wheat Ale because it's Friday. And your boys had a long week. Wow. I mean, I'm, uh, I skipped lunch today. So if I have a, any hoppy beverage, I'll probably be on the floor later. Um, oh, yeah. I'm getting so muted, my guy. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll switch to beer tonight. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, Papa's home alone tonight. Hell yeah. Um, but Ty, I gotta home. run you. <laughs> Daddy's home. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Ty, let me tell you a bit about our uh, little routine skis over in Paris. Mm, yes. Every day. My co host is a man of ritual. I am a man of ritual. Um, every day was. Started with a nice little croissant action. Almost mm-hmm. every day, bro. Croissant, quiche, pan au chocolat, you name it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much hit That's up the street every day. And I got, like, very, very good. Um, but I think Matchstick here, here in uh, Vancouver actually is, like, on par in terms of croissants. It's, like, very, very similar. Dude, no cap for real. Matchstick's got one of the best coffee shop croissants in Vancouver. And mm-hmm. I, I, Nemesis is also really good, but I, I think it's like what I've realized is the croissant has been democratized. It's no longer a product of Paris. You can find good croissants everywhere, but I do the yeah. same habit when I'm in Paris because it's not about the quality of the croissant. It's about the vibration of the meal and the energy <laughs> of the city, you know? Mm-hmm. That is true. I, I like We're I both- all my... Uh primal needs were being fulfilled at, at any given moment in Paris because I was like mm. sipping on a nice little espresso, eating a croissant, 
blasting a sig in front of some family's face sitting next and it was a good time i i, I was very yeah. happy paris is no place for children uh and that's nice to know that you like have this evolution from breadhead to i guess like pane poppy there it's like a similar strain of breadhead a little pan prince pan prince i like that mm-hmm. okay so we got the morning basically covered you slug back a ciggy you get croissant flakes <laughs> all over your saint laurent shirt and then then what happens um then it's usually another coffee uh in between like basically every meal we were doing like the museums and stuff like that but we don't we don't want to talk too much about fine art on this podcast because you know the art is in the food the food <laughs> this, is, this, the this art is a podcast about uh rough quickly put together art <laughs> exactly sandwich art fine about it mm-hmm. exactly any sandwich street art if you will uh, yes we're you know sandwich artists are the basquiat of all art because they're uh they came from the streets and you know did all the shit oh, that yeah. basquiat did dude if you think <laughs> about it like a sandwich artist is kind of like banksy because you never learn their name <laughs> <laughs> they're anonymous and they're anonymous. the same uh same thing with banksy is i don't care to know who it is because i could mm-hmm. care less Mm-hmm. totally and just like Binksy, it was quickly done. Mm-hmm. Quickly done. Um, kind of lackluster. Um, mm-hmm. Forgettable. <laughs> All forgettable. things will describe both artists. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, found a... So, okay, every, like, hour or two was a new, like, coffee experience, Thai. And one of my favorite St. Laurent co- uh, coffee shop in Paris. That makes sense. Where, as uh, you were probably wearing your St. Laurent shirt. Yes, I sure was. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't bring the acne, or I didn't bring the Saint Laurent jeans. I brought the uh, the acnes and the and the APCs this trip. But right, some daily drivers. Yeah, daily drivers. Ones that you know, if I got some chocolate stains on, and I'm not talking about pan au chocolat, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you need something that's adaptable. You need something that's manageable. You need your grocery getter. Acne Studios uh, denim. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the Saint Laurent coffee shop, very good. They speak perfect English, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I even bought two Saint Laurent condoms from there. Oh, nice. And have you taken either for a test drive yet? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to use those. So no. <laughs> You don't know how to wrap it, dude? Come on. Um, dude, I don't know how to wrap, dude. I just, I just every day is Christmas for me. It's always unwrapped. Wow. Now, <laughs> how does, what is, what is like pulling much a shot like a at Subway, uh, much like a Subway sandwich tie. I, I'm always unwrapping. Oh yeah, dude. Someone tries to wrap it up, you immediately counter it with an unwrap. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, de- you're a deconstructivist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sorry, sorry to cut you, Ty. What were you saying? Oh, I was going to ask, how is the YSL Cafe different than any like typical third or fourth wave coffee shop are they pulling some unique beans of the month or is it all in mm. like the branding do they have like weird foam art what's happening there well i think it's all kind of in the branding and just the hilarity of it it's like literally if you could brand every single possible thing mm-hmm. at a coffee shop that's what you get at saint laurent it's like the sugar packets are all black with like small little discreet 
um, Saint Laurent Perrier logo printed on the middle, and mm. it's attached to the uh, former Colette store in Paris, where mm, um, yep. you know fam- the famous fight went down between ASAP Bari and Ian Connor. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, a little piece during, of piece of culture right there. Yeah, that little piece of history go will forever be remembered as you know it happened during the Virgil Virgil Abloh book signing, I think. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. ASAP Bari and or no, it was uh, was it Theophilus London and Ian Connor? They just like kind of scrapped like in the store, and then I think that's when Bari dumped in, and of course this was prior to the rape allegations. <laughs> like when everyone was team Bari, like when everyone was still team, <laughs> when everyone was still a Velo soldier, um, yeah, you know that's when that happened, and then that was I think that marked the beginning of Bari's downfall. I think so, dude. It was definitely a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so well, you're you're on you're in the ground zero of this. This is where you're ordering this. You're mm-hmm. this is this is ASAP's nine eleven. Yeah, this is literally ground zero, yeah. And this is when ASAP uh, got uh, struck by Ian Connor's 777. Right. So to honor the ASAP Connor duel, what'd you get? Like a nice latte? I got an iced Americano. <laughs> iced Americano, cool. Now, yeah. I, it makes sense that like St. Laurent would like overly brand all elements of their cafe because mm-hmm. they're. Pro- I would assume that they're not going to be able to deliver the same like cafe quality experience as like hello <laughs> yeah you glitched for a second yeah they i had be a able to bring the same oh they wouldn't be able no, to bring so... in the same uh cafe as as your typical third or fourth wave coffee shop, uh, a la matchstick. Uh, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. they what they lack in, uh, like, bean experience, bean experience, mm-hmm. experience, they make up for <laughs> with, like, their proficiency, which is excessive branding. Mm-hmm. Excessive branding. But you know what, Ty? The coffee holds up. It was, like, really? as good as anything I've ever had. Like, it was just a very simple iced Americano. Um, people were getting a little freaky with uh, cortaditos. Mm, um, I do love but I didn't cortado. partake. Yeah, I didn't really partake in that stuff, but I did purchase some <laughs> lifestyle items and uh, yeah, a little coffee. But but that was short lived because right after that, I hit up uh, Balenciaga and uh, tried on some stuff. Sweet. And this was so, like, wait, wait, right after. You... Uh... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to ask if when you're at a coffee shop, are you like anti-milk or are you milk curious or are you pro-milk? I hate milk of all kinds. I don't think um, any grown man should be consuming <laughs> milk. Um, bro, like, bro, what about, what about chocolate milk? What about chocolate bro, milk, Eric? Bro, hey, what bro. about chocolate milk? Bro. Bro. Um, no, dude. Milk is for like children and homeless people like <laughs> like i don't think anyone should be ever consuming any kind of milk i take calcium supplements and that's uh that's about it Ty. that's fair but like milk at coffee shops isn't enough to actually build strong bones it's only enough to like remind remind yourself what milk tastes like that's true i mean on a 35 degree day i don't i don't need a 
glass of whole milk. <laughs> like that's the last thing I need. I need I need water. Give me a water and a shot of espresso, and I'm keeping it moving. Like I don't need I don't need a oat milk or some like fancy bullshit like that. Yeah, I get that. Some dairy in the tank's just gonna slow you down. Yeah, if anything, it's gonna you know make me full, and I'm I'm saving my stomach for uh you know whatever whatever champagne or whatever they're going to give me at Balenciaga, which was immediately after this scene around the coffee shop. So uh, you roll up to Balenciaga and mm-hmm. are, are you there to cop or are you just there to uh, window window shop? Oh, I'm always there to potentially cop. I'm, I have my GoYard wallet filled with euros and I'm just ready to just unload it whenever I see fit. Um, but yeah, Balenciaga was cool. Um, immediately I asked the guy if that was the same location that Uzi did the shoot at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because I, I saw on Instagram Lil Uzi Vert was out also at Balenciaga the same week you were. So yeah, did you? Like, Wait, did was you, he here? Yeah, did you run by him? I tried. I uh, showed him a photo. I immediately pulled up the Instagram of Uzi, you know, doing the photo shoot wearing like with a blanket on him, like sleeping in the lounge. And uh, upon pulling that up, I noticed that the carpet was a different color because I guess he was in like a different Blency location um, because mine was uh, green or no blue kind of turquoise carpets, which is, I guess, the Paris location. So, right. so, it didn't, so he it was didn't at, work out. you were at Balenci, Balenci, but he was at Balenci, Balenci, Balenci. Mm-hmm. I was at the OG Balenci um, mm-hmm. and, he, and uh, Uzi was somewhere else, but that's okay. That would be a hot spot for a celebrity spotting. You like, you're not going to get that that kind of like talent rolling up to like the lineup at Subway, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Despite being an artist hot spot, you don't really see like uh, Hollywood talent showing up. Yeah, I know. There's so many artists in there at all times, and you know, celebrities do fuck with the art community, but it's not. Uh... It's not happening at Subway. I'm not sure why. You know, I think it's because rappers like, got to eat too. I think it's because uh, musicians and actors find it intimidating to be surrounded by a cohort of like like that many culinary mm-hmm. artists. That would be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're surrounded by real artists, you don't necessarily want to be in that situation. Yeah, either totally. that or uh, or like you're scared that a disgruntled fan will have a hammer on them which is probably more likely at subway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a good point that's actually more likely i can't imagine that little uzi vert would be intimidated by muhammad the sandwich artist <laughs> um so i gotta show you something real quick I yeah I hit me pull it up but um i went to this uh so i already told you about how trying all kinds of restaurants and always hitting up like, you know, something more satisfying and satiating afterwards. Yeah. Um, my man needs to be satisfied. That's what that's your almost your most defining quality as a co-host and person, Eric. Yeah, dude, nobody satisfies me quite like my co-host. Um, what about 12 awesome. inches, baby? Not even close, dude. Don't mind me while I airdrop this photo to myself. <laughs> um, but we did go to this like smash burger spot. It's called Dumbo, 
and it was really really good we tried like three times to go um but on the third time was you know they didn't sell out before we got there this is how how pop in the places they're open to like you get to choose your own sauces Dude, you don't get to choose anything. All you get to choose is burger or burger. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, simple. Um, but inside this uh, restaurant tie, they had this like nice little instruction sheet on the wall, uh, which was like for the employees to like remember exactly how to construct a burger. And I wanted to like walk oh, you through wow. some of the stuff because I thought it was like quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm looking at the Dumbo's cheeseburger assembly that Eric has uh, so generously screen shared with me. And there are some very explicit instructions here. This almost <laughs> looks hyper-realistic, much like uh, the Subway sandwich buckets. Walk me through what, what we have here, Eric. Oh, okay, Ty. Well, you were looking at part one of three of the cheeseburger assembly instructions. Okay. Um, it's a nice little like square sheet printed on the wall um and then below it says follow the instructions <laughs> um cool okay so you got two sides of the bun right um the heel the and heel the crown and the crown which is a which mm-hmm. we know these terms now from our travis scott mcdonald's episodes um yeah. but on the heel is where you assemble the patty two slices of American cheese, and then another patty, and then two more slices of, of American cheese. Holy crap. So this isn't Dude. double cheese at Dumbo's. This is quattro cheese. This is quad cheese, double patty, okay? And then on the crown, you got three pickles, some onions, mustard, and ketchup. And then I couldn't help but notice that um, the way the person assembled it was they, like, spread the ketchup over like in a circle kind of with a bottle mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. did a mcdonald's style golden arch with the with the mustard mm. that's finesse right there it is finesse and i thought of it as like a nice little subtle fuck you to mcdonald's which mm-hmm. i really appreciated that's funny what i'm okay i'm looking at this graphic and they've actually done something really interesting with their burger assembly process. And it is interesting because it actually applies, it contradicts the Subway sandwich making model. The heel of the bun hosts all of the warm ingredients, the patties, the melted cheese, but then the crown of the bun hosts all of the like cooler ingredients, the chilled ingredients, the veggies, the ketchups, the mustards, the condiments. And this is kind of interesting at Subway because they, they, they split your bun, right? They like make mm-hmm. two cheeks. You got left and right cheek of your of your foot long, and they assemble all ingredients on the heel, and then they like cap it with the crown at the end. But I mm-hmm. feel like this makes more sense. I do this at home when I make a sandwich. Is I keep the hot and the cold as separate for as long as possible in order to ensure that there's no like muddling of temperatures until the first bite. So mm-hmm. how come Subway doesn't put all of the veggies and sauces on the crown instead of the heel? That's a good question. You you gotta ask uh you gotta ask an artist that. I don't I'm gonna ask an artist. I'm gonna next time I make a sandwich, I'm gonna ask them to assemble it using this new methodology. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that that's what you took away from this because I'm gonna ask them to put four times the cheese on it. <laughs> <laughs> that too, buddy. Uh, that's a shit ton of cheese. Like sometimes Subway will go double cheese, and you're like you feel like a psycho doing it. But if you knew that mm-hmm. the standard was quattro cheese. Double cheese seems like a diet move. Mm-hmm, absolutely. 
Um, so Wait, bro, are you counting carbs and inches? Two cheeses, that's it? White and yellow? What about red, orange, green, and purple, baby? Mm-hmm. You, you babies might be getting your calcium from, like, little glass of milky. Um, but I, I, uh, <laughs> I get my calcium from four slices of cheese on my sandwich. Exclusively from cheese. Mm-hmm. Check out step number two here, Ty. This is Bun's toasted level tool. Oh, this is sick. Okay, so I'm going to attempt to describe to the breadheads what you are showing me. This is a picture from Dumbo's bun toasted level tool. There's three buns here. One is not very toasted. The other is black, too toasted. And then there's this perfect Goldilocks bun, <laughs> just like a medium marshmallow toasted amount. And mm-hmm. that's the one that they want you to strive for. Mm-hmm. I love this. I mean, if only Subway followed a similar of quality control. Like, we would be, like, so much happier. Like, they know exactly how something should look when it comes out of the toaster. I don't think anybody working at Subway knows what a toasted bun is supposed to look like. <laughs> no think, about, think about last time I asked for a double toasted. They they warned me that it was not mm-hmm. going to be edible. They're and when I got it, it, it was perfect. I was like, what are you talking about? This is exactly what it should look like. If anything, okay, they got to recalibrate the their toasters every like, every month, like on a bi-monthly basis at least. It's partially recalibration, but I think the actual issue here is that Subway is has turned what is a spectrum-based choice into a binary choice. Your decision is toasted or not toasted, when in reality, they should offer you this gradient from light to dark on like mm-hmm. a little, little sheet of paper maybe on the, the sneeze guard. And you can say, like, I want it toasted to a six, or I want it toasted to a nine, or a two. Mm. I mean, I don't think we need to be giving people more control. Like, this isn't the thing that people should be controlling. You know what I mean? It should be toasted perfectly or untoasted perfectly. But who, who just, what are the qualities of a perfectly toasted uh, footlong? Well, you're looking at it, Ty. It's the it's the one in the middle. It's the Goldilocks <laughs> bun. Yeah, because right you have here. a spectrum to choose from. But what if I like it a little blacker? Once you go to the black toast, you don't no. go back toast. Nobody, you don't you don't get to choose. <laughs> See, you're you're contradicting the whole ethos of Subway, Eric. It's all about choice, and this is such an important decision. Hmm. I think people need to lean on Subway for a few things. And then they also got to lean on themselves for other things. Like they got to look within them to know what kind of veggies they're feeling, what kind of meats they're feeling, if any. And they need to look at Subway to being the authority in toasting in, and in bread, basically. Yet, if they're they bread offer- experts, they should know how to toast the fucking bread. <laughs> they are really all they do is they make the bread they're a bakery and you do the rest exactly but even with that in mind it, they are a single toasting degree kind of limits my opportunities with sandwiches for example if I want to add marinara sauce to my sandwich <laughs> that's like an early order move it's like a yep. like a, a a quick hit at the beginning. I need to make sure that they're the sandwich is going to toast a little harder so that they can account for that sog that's going to like come with the marinara. I want to try to avoid mm-hmm. sog, so I need a crispier bun to 
uh, I consume the rest of the sauces later. So mm-hmm. that type of like nuance, the sandwich artist isn't going to get. Subway isn't going to be able to like throw me a toasting setting that can account for all all types of orders. So like if I'm really the art, if I'm if I'm the chef here, Eric, I need I need that type of level of control. Put me behind the wheel and let me let me choose my toaster setting. Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know, Ty. I think you're. Uh, I don't think the patrons that go to Subway are equipped to make that decision making. You might be the exception. Um, mm-hmm. I would. I would let you toast my sub any day. Thank you. I'm a. I'm what, what you call a power know. user. Uh, yeah. Which is like a like nicer way to say Android user of Subway. <laughs> wow. I'm. I'm shocked that you would give yourself that title. And, I, I'm um, just coming to terms with the fact that this is an Android user move at Subway and I kind of mm-hmm. want it. Mm-hmm. Would you also label yourself as kind of like a power sub? Power, what the fuck is a power sub, Eric? Does it have uh, edamame in it? Well, in the spirit of Pride Month, I, I think you could put together the pieces. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> yes, I'm putting the meats together on that one. Mm-hmm. He's slapping the meats and he's uh, power subbing mm-hmm. his way to a perfectly toasted bun. At least a double, maybe a triple meat idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's close with this um, Dumbo's, Dumbo's order conversation here. <laughs> um, part three of the Dumbo brand guidelines here, Ty, is the perfectly toasted and fried French fry. Um, kind of funny that mm-hmm. a restaurant in France is calling them French fries, but uh, this tool here is basically illustrating what a perfectly cooked french fry looks like thai and once again um it's medium rare mm-hmm. yeah so i'm looking at three pictures of french fries one is a little more yellow the other is a little more brown and then there's this perfect golden goldilocks french fry in the middle i don't need a sign for this eric i know what a good french fry looks like hell yeah brother now we're They're talking from now station now yeah, now you're uh, letting the artist uh, give it. You're giving the artist final cut, and that's what I like to see. Dude, yeah, they they can cut the potatoes all they want, but the French fries are different. Sides are different, Eric, because sides don't have any other variables affecting their makeup. Your sandwich is has so many forces of influence against it, but your sides, mm. they're still the sides. Like all that's gonna happen is like how much you choose to dunk in the catsup. Mm-hmm. That's true, but that doesn't change my point, Ty. I think the artist should decide what the toast level is because, you know, that can change based on what you've ordered or what you're planning on ordering. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you get the control. I think the artist should be, like, adaptable. It's like, okay, he's adding marinara. Let me toast the shit out of this sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. I don't know. I I would defer to the artist if they have expertise, and I encourage... Subway franchises to let their artists develop expertise in that space, a proficiency. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I don't. Ty's, uh, Ty's reluctant to give up any kind of freedom, as I've, mm-hmm. I've learned today. And um, I can only imagine what you're like inside of a French bistro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, we're, yeah, we're grappling with the menu here, trying to find a, an equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Can you substitute? Can I get a? Can you substitute? Can I get a? Can I get a politely no? <laughs> Mm-hmm. substitutions are politely declined but not at the way all <laughs> substitutions are entertained <laughs> quite, quite 
that really is their value prop. <laughs> quite literally. Oh, shit. Uh, well, it really represents freedom. It really represents America. It really represents uh, the liberty that uh, we should be striving for. Statue of Liberty, Thai. Uh, French fire from France. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the closest thing that Subway offers to the patron in the French fry department is obviously the potato chip. And the potato chip <laughs> has a very um, unique quality to it in which it is completely removed from the artist intervention cycle, Eric. The artist has no say in, no, no personal touch in your potato chip flavor. It's up to the manufacturer. But <laughs> that could change. We, we can change that, Eric. You can crack that bag and you can let the artist like dress it up a little more. Put some Parmesan on there. Or mm-hmm. dare I say, supply a side of sauce for dipping. Mm, a nice little side of bitchin' sauce. Yeah, get some bitchin' sauce in there. Get, those, <laughs> get that peri-peri, dippy-dippy. Yeah. Dude, bitchin' sauce? Any kind of chip and dip is such an indulgence. It's such a, like, mm-hmm. little nasty little treat, and I just fucking love it so much, dude. Dude, like, yeah, you gotta get a little freaky. Can make it, yeah, the only thing that can make a chip more unhealthy is fucking something to dip it in. And wow, do Holy I love shit. that. Dude, oh, the calorie density of all chip dip is, like, diamonds. That mm-hmm. shit is thick. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whoever invented chip dips a fat motherfucker, let me tell you. Like, the trial and error to find the perfect chip dip flavor will kill you. Oh, yeah. Sign me up, buddy. I'll be mm-hmm. your QA tester. Mm-hmm. I like my sandwich with saucy, little, uh, but... Cool. I would love a little foie gras <laughs> bitchin' sauce flavor. You know, give me some give me some of that nice little duck fat on my... Uh, my nice little lays. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, there we could we could spin off a whole new podcast about like the opportunities in the chip dip market. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for that, guys. Yeah, this um, is our Joey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the meantime, Ty, it's been a it's been a real bon time with you. Uh, catching up on my travels and uh, we're going to have to let the breadheads in on a little secret tide. Last time we, you know, potted was right mm-hmm. before our 1v1 tournament in tennis. And uh, I don't think That's we ever true. got to update the breadheads that I beat you and you had to buy me a sandwich. And uh, Ty bought me the spiciest sandwich of my life and I'll never forgive him. <laughs> uh, I know you like it hot, but I didn't realize that sandwich was too hot to handle, Eric. Oh, dude, that was the uh, hottest sandwich of my life, and I got—I think I got every single spicy pepper plus hot sauce plus creamy sriracha, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think it was like a bit of a panic move at at the eleventh hour of the sub, the eleventh inch of the sub mm-hmm. ordering process. So. Kudos to you, Ty. I know you like it hot, and that's why I gave you a complimentary fountain beverage. You're <laughs> uh, really looking well, out. Yeah, got you covered. We had a funny yeah. moment. We get a we get a duo of cups cups for the fountain beverage, and we go to get some ice, get some 
colas and nothing happens. So you, you, you push on the, uh, the fountain generator, nothing. So you try a different one, nothing. Then Eric and I both turn to the artist and we say, hey, your robot's broken. And then they clicked <laughs> a switch and then the drink started pouring, like when they brought water to Rome, like the aqueducts <laughs> being completed. Mm-hmm. There was seven up flowing, Mountain Dew mm-hmm. flowing. That's true. After, you know, a lifetime of drought inside the mm-hmm. Main Street subway, mm-hmm. uh, you know, much like the Dust Bowl, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, it rained, Ty, and it was a blessed day for us because we had already paid for our, our drinks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if they made us pay for drinks and then just like they, the machine was not working if they didn't come through yeah that would be rough they are the rainmaker though they mm-hmm. uh, they did a little rain making dance before they flipped that that switch mm-hmm. and we learned why immediately after because they said that uh they turn it off because of the neighborhood and you know people in the neighborhood come in and just fill up their uh Nalgene's with sprite and then like run off um, and we said, oh, that's that's kind of unfortunate. And then you know, we noticed uh, some the exact thing happened. Some lady busted through the door and asked the person for water. Mm-hmm. They were denied. That's the only substitution that is declined. You asked for freebies, and mm-hmm. uh, she was shooed out. And it was quite funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not really a dine and dash. It's more like a beverage and bolt. Which is not unlike what you would do with your sparkling water in Paris. But Mm -hmm. you can get away with it because you're walking around in St. Laurent jeans. Yeah, it was kind of like a free flea. A free fountain fail flea. Say that four times. (laughs) Speaking of scramming, Eric, I think we should probably (laughs) call this episode... (laughs) I think so too. Uh, Ty's AirPod ones are on the edge of disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. We we yeah. just blessed the breadheads with an hour of content because we missed you. And uh, just know that you know if we don't post, it's probably a good sign for you to go outside. You know, touch some grass maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, maybe just log into Tinder or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, my lifeline to air my lefty AirPod has just been disrupted and my right one is on hospice. <laughs> so uh, breadheads go aside, enjoy the summer heat. Uh, Eric, you enjoy the heat from your sandwich and we will connect with you next week. Arrivederci. Ciao.